Hello, hello, and welcome to Mind Ministry. Thank you so much for joining us. Another Wednesday, another conversation. And listen, we're here to bring topics that will heal your body, your mind, and your spirit. So thank you for joining in. And I'm going to ask you to please kindly go ahead and share this conversation. Let's be a blessing to those that we know and that uh, we just pray that God will talk through and, and and let the people understand the purpose of this conversation. So go ahead and share. Listen, we have a special program tonight, but before we jump into the topic and before I introduce you to our guest tonight, I want to remind you to please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also you can find us at Spotify. Listen, we need 50 subscribers at Spotify and that will bless you uh, and bless us in a huge way. So please do us a favor, hit that subscribe button on Spotify. And listen, you could even hear us on your way to work or uh, while you're driving. We're trying to make it as convenient as we can so you may enjoy these hot topics that we bring. If you are interested in a conference, if you're interested in donating or perhaps a referral to a professional, you could give us a call at 855 855- nine seven eight six five five one i gotta memorize this number i'm gonna go ahead and say it again eight five five nine seven eight six five five one tonight's topic why your partner cannot be your everything what do i mean by that well let's get into it in tonight's conversation we have my partner in crime pastor jose velez all the way from new york thank you velez for being with us tonight tell us what's going on howdy how are you how are you how are you i greet you my friend give you a little heart that's how you do it that's how you do it yes there you go I hope as well. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Looking forward to this awesome conversation. Why can't your partner be your everything? And there used to be a song back in the back in the day. You are everything. Let's not get into that. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're excited. We're we're happy. Let's see what happens. Yeah, man. Listen, I'm very excited about tonight's topic. I think we are going to grow a little bit more. And with that being said, tonight in the house, we have Dr. Dorilis Esquilin, all the way from Florida and all the way from Philadelphia. We have First Lady Maritza Colon with us tonight. So we want to hear a little bit about them. Dr. Dorili, go ahead and say hello. God bless you, everyone. Thank you, my ministry, for having me once again now in the um, English version. I usually, yes. I'm in the program in the Spanish section. I'm so very happy to be here and have the opportunity to speak on this topic. I think this is going to be very interesting, and hopefully we will learn something new tonight. So thank you. Amen. I chose in the Lord that we will today. First Lady, what's going on in Philly tonight? God bless you, Francesca. Thank you so much for the invitation. God bless the panel. I'm so excited to be part of this program tonight. And I know that um, God will bless us and will bless everyone that will be listening. 
Amen. Indeed, indeed. You heard it. So go ahead and share this conversation and let us begin with tonight's topic. Listen, uh, um, I've been thinking, right, about the topic, about the questions and the conversation that we are going to have today. And the first thing that popped in my mind, and I would like to direct this question uh, to Dr. Dorilis, um, sometimes we hear couples, right? And they say, he's my everything. She's my everything. Um, I, I'm obsessed with my baby. Um, that's my diet or, or my ride or die uh, partner in crime. Like we hear all these little things around, but they say it like in a positive way. So my question would be, is there any type of healthy obsession that can exist in a relationship? Well, to start off, um, it's very interesting because we are strongly taught to depend on others. We are constantly taught to, you know what? You have your mom, you have your dad, you have your cousin, your brother. Depend on somebody in order to accomplish whatever you want in life. And then we grow up thinking that this is the right thing. We have to depend on our husband, on our boyfriend in order to grow, in order to mature, in order to be the person God created us, created us to be. But um, I wrote in here uh, a sentence that struck me very um, personally because it says, I, and I won't function if you are not present and don't approve of me. And that is the mentality of society today. I cannot do it if you're not there. I won't do it if you're not there with me. Now, if you are a believer, we are also taught, and the Bible tells us that the only one that should take the first place in our lives is God. So it is very, very hard to hear people say, I love God, but my boyfriend is my everything. I love God, but my husband is my everything. Even my children sometimes, um, people claim that they're the everything. And we cannot say we're Christians if Christ is not our everything. Now, on that same note, no one can and no one will make you whole. No matter how much we want to think about it, no matter how much we want to applaud people telling us that, you know what, someone else is going to make you whole. The, the thing is that no one is going to make you whole. No one is going to make you complete. No one is going to make you happy. The only one that could do all these three things is God first and then yourself. You have to make yourself happy. You have to make or lead yourself to being complete. And you're the one that can make yourself whole, obviously, attaching yourself from God. So when we think about if there's a good um, obsession, um, interesting that I thought, yes, in some instances. And what instances are those? And I thought about the moments when we want to improve our lives. And we think about, you know what, I'm going to start eating healthy. So I'm obsessed now with counting calories. I'm obsessed now with making sure I don't eat bread and rice like us Puerto Ricans, right? So I am making sure that I'm obsessed with not eating any ice cream just once uh, a month or once every other month. So if we think about our, li our lives in the, um, thinking about obsession and believing that we can reach certain goals, health goals, um, conduct goals, or our life as a whole, you're gonna realize that yes, if you exercise enough and you're obsessed with exercise, you might get um, healthy, but you might also hurt yourself. So there has to be a balance. 
A balance, yes. Now, when we see obsessions as the opposite of that, not as a balance and not as something positive, but we see it as um, the true meaning of obsession, um, it is fixations with people, objects, activities, which impairs our capacity to love, to work with ourselves, to live and to function with balance. So when we think about an obsession, it's something that we are acquiring and we are embracing, but we know that that certain obsession or that person we are clinging to is not a person that is leading us to being healthy. Life is about having balance. And if we don't have balance, it means that we are becoming insane. When we don't have balance, we are insane, either with people, either with our jobs, either with church, so we have to make sure that we live a life of balance. Now, we must identify what is to have an obsession and what is to live um, sane and what is to be healthy. Because that way, we are going to push away the excess and we are pushing away the extremes in our lives. And they're very, it's very easy to acquire an extreme position, unfortunately. Obsessive behaviors in our relationships um, constant calling of the boyfriend or husband because we're talking to chicks today or to to ladies. So we're constantly calling the husband or the boyfriend. What are you doing? He's like um, the same as five minutes ago. <laughs> Eating. Um, trying to take a shower, but you keep calling me or you keep texting me. Um, where are you? What are you doing? Um, I cannot be apart from you. You have to always be, whenever I call or ask for you to come over, you have to be available. So this obsessive behaviors start controlling and taking um, a toll on the person who is the controller and on the person who's being controlled. And then just to finish this, this part, if you are giving all your strength or all your attention to someone else, you're broken. Because the first attention that you should give, other than God, obviously, is to yourself, to your own person, to your inner self, to your mindset, to your thoughts, to your heart. If you feel incomplete, you need to identify the voids. Usually when we are incomplete, it's either because there's an emotional void, there's a spiritual void, there's a relational or social void that needs to be addressed before putting that... Um, all that um, work on top of someone else, making someone else responsible for the voice that we carry. And also if we dedicate ourselves to everyone else, but ourselves, there's also a lot of work to do. And that's why we're here tonight. Um, I, 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 listen, I, I don't know about you guys, but me being raised over here in the American culture, um, you know, they introduce us to language arts and, and drama and what's art at an early age. And when they're speaking about love, they usually speak on Bonnie and Clyde. They use, you know, they speak on Romeo and Juliet. They, they bring couples as an example and they define true love um, even to the point of suicide. So it's, it's, if I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby. You, you know, I, I, if I don't have you, then, then I'm just a nobody. I might as well just take my life away. And these are things that are being said and 
and taught in this culture nowadays. It's, it's type of a, this obsession that we got to talk about because it's definitely not healthy. What you think, Vales? I, I think uh, she said a mouthful there. So, yes. so, so there is no such thing as a good obsession. Right. Yes? That's correct. That is correct. Great, great. So, Sister Maritza, First Lady Maritza, <laughs> you know, we greet you, beloved. Good to see you again. Um, so, what does the Bible say about marriage? Um, so, first of all, before we can um, say what the Bible says about marriage, we have to define marriage. And marriage is an institution blessed and created by God. You know, that was, you know, first and foremost, you know, after creation, you know, he he saw that that Adam couldn't be by himself. He said, he said, you know, man, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. And um, marriage is a holy covenant between a man and a woman to love, respect, and honor one another. Um, these two individuals, and we have to remember they're individuals. I really like what um um, the doctor said, you know, that each person, you know, has to take care of themselves. Each person has to fulfill or be fulfilled, not by another person, but by even their own, you know, the, the, their own things that they do. And, and I agree with that totally. And it says these two individuals make an agreement to live together as one in love and in commitment and in purpose. You know, there's a purpose. God, you know, God didn't just say, ah, we're going to put these two together. No, there was a purpose behind, you know, um, uniting a man and a woman. We have to, we have to make that, make that, you know, completely, um, you know, uh, let everyone know that that is what the Bible is saying. We understand that in the day and age that we're living, people want to change the narrative. They want to say, you know, this is not, this is not, you know, what we need to, to follow. But you know what? God's word is God's word and we cannot change it. And, um, and now what does the Bible say? In Genesis 2.24, it says the mandate that was given or the instruction was to therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. You know, uh, we, under, we, we, when we talk about one flesh, you know, we have to um, uh, uh, bring into the account, it says the account of the very first marriage highlights the fundamental characteristics of a godly marriage, a husband and a wife become one flesh, but obviously um, they remain two individuals. But in God's idea or ideal for marriage, to become one in purpose. Again, the purpose, you know, to to you know love one another, to be committed to one another, to give each other, you know the 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 help that they need um to to live a life together where it, it's productive where you see that they're maturing together they're growing 
And, you know, the marriage also is, is saying, you know, and I really like the word holding fast. And I wanted to, you know, look it up and, and, and holding fast it, or hold fast in the Bible literally means to hold your position. You know, a marriage is not something that you say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to marry you today and then say, you know what? I'm tired. And in a couple of years, you know what? You go your way and I'll go my way. No, it's a commitment. It's a life commitment, you know, and people are not looking at it that way. I think a lot of people just get so emotional, emotional. And they get into the actual celebration of being married or getting married, but they don't take into consideration that after the honeymoon, reality comes into play. And that's where you have to be very prepared and emotionally prepared and, and know that, you know, things are not probably going to be the way you thought they were. And everyone should go into marriage realistically. You know, it shouldn't be a fairy tale. Um, and, you know, it says that they become one flesh, you know, and, and, and that's talk talks about the unity and, and being a team and, you know, having each other's back. And it says in a marriage, each person, person grows individually, but is always conscious of the other person's needs and wants. You know, this is not, you know, I do my thing and, you know, and whatever you want to do, you do it. Mm -hmm. In a marriage, you, you, you sit down and you consider that person's needs. You, um, you know, you, you speak to them and, and, and you want to know what their dreams, what their aspirations are. You know, this is not all about me. That stopped being me the moment you decided to become one flesh. And, um, you know, we're sharing values, goals, just like um, the doctor said, and, and, and our outlook on life should be the same. Um, and always motivate one another and believe in each other's dreams. You know, never, never um, um, tell your partner, you know, um, as long as the, you know, the dream is realistic, because we have to be realistic. But, um, <laughs> Uh, never, you know, shoot down your partner's, you know, dreams and, and always say, oh, wow, that's awesome. You want to study, go ahead, do it. it uh, you want to do this, you know, always um, looking at it as long as the person is going to better themselves, as long as they, they're going to get something positive out of it. And it's not going to interrupt the marriage. It's not going to take away from the marriage. Then you continue, you know, to give them that encouragement. And um, also, and I don't want to take that much longer. I, I, you know, I was, I, I want to try to be brief, but, you know, like I said, marriage is a lifelong commitment. And the word says in Ecclesiastes 9.9, enjoy life with your wife. Um, whom you love all the days that God has given you under the sun. Uh, you know, that's it. That, that, that's telling us, you know, that's also speaking to us, the women that we have to, you know, um, 
it, hold fast to that commitment. You know, we made an agreement. We made a covenant. You know, we we can't break it the same way we made a covenant with God to serve God, to love him. Then that's the same way we have to, you know, agree to love our mate, even when there are times that you feel like, you know, um, I don't I don't think the same way as you. I don't feel the same way as you at this moment, but you have to agree to disagree. And um, the word also says in Ephesians 5.28, husband and wives are to love and respect one another. Mm. You know, respect is number one. You know, each person, you know, deserves the respect and the consideration in the marriage that they, you know, should be given. And also it says in 2 Corinthians 6.14, husband and wives should be bonded together with a similarity of beliefs. And, you know, it, 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 the, the reason that, you know, we have to be, you know, know who we are, we have to be people that come together with the same goals, you know, and the word, you know, in, in, in Corinthians 6.14 is talking about, you know, um, not to be yoked together with an unbeliever. You know, you have, you know, uh, uh, especially before we even come into a covenant, you know, that should be number one on your list. That person has to love God above all things. That person has to, has to have the same love that you have for God. Because if that person doesn't, don't think you're going to change them. Don't think that that'll change after, you know, you get married. Don't believe what they're telling you. No, you know what? Right now, maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not in the same, you know, level that you are, but I'll get there after we get married. You know what? Like they say, don't believe the hype because guess what? <laughs> uh, 99% of the time, maybe 1%. I really haven't seen that, but 99% of the time, that's not going to work. And, and you're not going to have a healthy marriage. Um, and again, and, and, and in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to and 12 to finish, it says two are better than one. Mm. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, I don't, you know, if you are by yourself at this moment and you feel good about yourself, hey, I bless and that's good, you know. But in marriage, two are better than one because each, you know, each person is able to to you know to pick the other one up, to motivate them, to help each other out, you know, to give each other ideas. And when, you know, the other person gets stuck and, you, oh, let's sit down, let's talk, let's, you know, let, let's see how we can, how we can work this out. And, and that's what marriage is all about. You know, I've been married for 26 years and I know that this is an ongoing process each and every day, you know, you have to work at it because marriage is work, but marriage is a blessing from God. Amen, amen, and indeed. And we have a question on the comments, which I'm going to let uh, Dr. Dorilis read it. Uh, we could answer it later. 
uh, Dorili, so you could get ready for it. But the question is, if you could take the mouse out of the comment so I can read, thank you. It is difficult to be with someone that doesn't have the same beliefs as you. What do you do when children are involved but not actually married? Do you work on their relationship for the sake of the kids? That is the question that it's in the air. We are going to be answering that question later on. But Dorili, uh, Maritza here was um, speaking about the importance or not living at the moment, not being excited just because, ooh, I got the butterflies. He or she's the one for me. I got to get married today. And then five years from now, you wake up and you're like, ew, why, why him? Why she? Ew, you're not even cute anymore. We live in a society where uh, divorce and separation is an option. You know, back in the day, it wasn't an option. So when you don't have an option, it doesn't happen. You work through it, you know? Um, so that being said, what are some toxic traits that may put their relationship in danger? So one of the first things that we have to mention is it is a big lie if people believe that we were created by God to make someone else happy. Ooh, come on that now. That is a lie. Praise that is the Lord. No, God did not create us to make someone else happy. God created us to serve him. Yes. Now, as, as um, a father, he also gave us blessings. And those blessings are that we will be able to be social and have a need to be part of someone else's life. But that does not mean that I have to take care of the need of that other person. I have to take care of my need and I'm not trying to be selfish. I want everyone to understand where I'm coming from. Okay, so, but we cannot heal anyone if we are not healed. We cannot wow. love if we are not loving what we're looking at every day in the mirror. We cannot restore anyone if we are not restored. So with that said, some of the um, <laughs> some of the traits that I was thinking about that can put a strain in any type of relationship, especially one that where guy or girl believe that they should be their the everything of the other, is low self esteem, not loving what we see in the mirror, and having the need to find someone else to tell us what they see. The problem with that is that usually people see the same thing that we are seeing, but we're lying to ourselves about. But they're voicing it. We're not telling ourselves, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm not seeing God's image. But then yeah. we ask my husband, what do you see? And he's seeing that particularly. He's seeing that we are not being created or that we were not, we were creating God's image, but we're not portraying that to everyone else. So low self-esteem. Jealousy and trust issues. We see it so much in uh, as a coach, as a marriage coach with my husband. I see it so much that people are so jealous. Who are you talking to on the phone? Who just called? Let me see the messages. They get up at three o'clock in the morning to check the husband's phone, to check the wife's phone, to check their clothes. I've had people even smell the husband or the wife when they come from work to see if they smell like someone else. Okay, so that, that's really a problem. Control and manipulation. Everything has to be based on what the strong person in the relationship believes, establishes, and states. 
abuse and violence either um, and and it goes really really beyond because it starts as as a verbal abuse as a psychological abuse oh no you think you know everything well you're always right but then it starts with or it continues with you're dumb you don't even know what you're talking about so little things that keep growing and growing they there might even be a couple of spiritual um spiritual abuse you're a christian and look at what you're doing god doesn't really love you you should stay home don't go to church anymore you're wasting your time you know you serve you do some type of service at church you know just like you are you know manipulation violence spiritual violence psychological emotional violence okay lack of boundaries there is a lot of people that do not put limits in their relationships in order for me to put a limit for my husband or for my boyfriend i'm married so for my for my husband i have to, to follow the same limit the same boundary i cannot tell my husband you know what um i don't agree with um being unfaithful if i'm being unfaithful so whatever i preach i have to model and then i have to make sure that my spouse my boyfriend or my other girlfriend or the wife is very well aware of my position as a Christian, my position as an individual, my position and role and function as a woman, or if it's a man, as a man, and then be permitted to engage within that role and do it to the best of their capacity. We are always willing to, or we should be willing to grow but then again, we cannot grow healthy if we have no clue that we are unhealthy. Mm. Codependency. Codependency, obviously, you know, wanting to make sure that I am approved by someone else. So I know I shouldn't throw myself from the top of the, of the house, but because I'm looking for approval, I tell my husband, what would you do if I throw myself from the top of the house? Oh, baby, I'll be here forever. Okay, so let me throw myself because you're proving the fact that, you know, I can throw myself and that you're going to be there. But the truth is that at the end of the day, they won't be there because they are as sick as you are. Wow. Oh, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> so we have to make sure that we are identifying factors. We are identifying triggers traits within ourselves that's why it's so important to look at ourselves every day through the word or even with people that we have around that we see that they're different from us that they act differently that way i can say you know what i'm missing something because this person this person seems like they're healthy and they're doing something totally different than i'm what i'm doing and that will lead me to actually you know look at myself in the mirror of someone else but being careful with that because we never want to look at ourselves so much in the mirror of someone else that we do not permit to see ourselves in the mirror of the word of God. Which wow. we and then poor communication. Like I, I, I cannot stress it enough. How many couples are having so many issues with this because they do not communicate or they think they're communicating because they're shouting out words for two and three hours, but no one is listening. No one is trying to resolve. We are just trying to hear something to attack the other person. And obviously that will never lead us into having a healthy relationship and the lack of value. Again, we have to value ourselves first. 
And valuing myself means that I'm going to take a piece of paper and a pencil and write down all the things that I believe that I receive from God. If we look at Ephesians chapter one, we are blessed and they give us, the, the writer gives us all the blessings we have received through Christ that gives us identity. So if you do not know what your image looks like in Christ, please read Ephesians 1 and then please write to me and we could chat about it for a whole hour. Yes, yes. Yeah. Listen, I, I see all the women in the comments tagging their best friends. Velez, you need to call out. Can, can we can we have y'all tag your homeboy, uh, uh, the guys in your life and, and, and have them on the comments here so they, you know, so Mr. Velez can be uh, feeling over here a little alone and overwhelmed. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a realm all by myself. I don't, I don't, I'm out, I'm out there without no, life, the bullets. no lifesaver, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I think you said it right. I, I think it's a, it's important to have a balance. Like, you know, like it was said before and, and the importance in understanding that a relationship doesn't call you to become a slave. It calls you to, to companionship. It calls you to partnership. As Maritza also said, it calls you to uh, be one flesh, not losing your identity, but, but working together towards the same mission. And, and that is so important for us to have. I don't want the ladies out there taking notes and say, oh, I'm going to talk to my husband tonight. No, let's take this note so we can all grow together because that's that's the reason we're doing this program so we could have a conversation and grow and mature together and the things that we learn we'll teach it to you know we'll teach it to our partners in a sweet you know in a sweet time so the conversation could go further and better Velez, what you think over there i think it's wonderful you know i i really i really uh liked how the good doctor started there by saying, uh, you're not here to make anybody happy. That was like, uh, that was a, I, I saw, I saw a lot of comments, uh, uh, just on that alone. And that's, that's wonderful. I'm not, you know, uh, it's not my responsibility. It's God's responsibility. I could assist, I could help you, but I don't take ownership of your happiness. So that's, that's wonderful. I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate the fact that you said it, you said it with an attitude. So God bless you for it. <laughs> she meant it. She meant it. It came, it, it came from the heart. It came way, <laughs> way in there. You know, she's like, take, my next know. book is going to be about <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that was title it. It's not your responsibility. <laughs> wonderful. So, Sister Maritza, um, uh, going further in this conversation, um, tell us, in ministry, you obviously are the first lady. You've been married 26 years. In those 26 years, you've been pastoring along with uh, Pastor Cologne for quite a, quite a few of those years. So can someone lose their identity uh, in their partner's ministry? Absolutely. I believe so. And the reason a person can lose their identity is when, um, you know, that person, you know, doesn't know their purpose in the ministry. And 
because a lot of times, you know, um, and this is a fallacy and we have to understand that when God calls, uh, when God calls, you know, it could be that, yeah, you know, he's calling. And, and for example, uh, the pastor might be the husband or the pastor might be the wife, but he's calling a family. He's calling a group of people. And if you have children, <laughs> your children is part of your children are part of your ministry. And like I said, you know, and, and this is where um, a lot of, you know, maybe wives of pastors, of evangelists, of, you know, people who are in ministry and different types of ministry, you know, they feel like, you know, they don't know, you know, what their purpose is. And it's important, you know, um, um, to know, to know that, that you do have a purpose, you know, God, you know, didn't randomly put you with this person, you know, for you to just say, oh, go on your merry way. And, you know, I'll just stay back and do nothing. No, that's not, that's not what, you know, that's not what God is, is, is that, that was never his purpose. And, you know, we have to understand that, um, that, that, you know, our partners and, and I can, I can talk, you know, uh, about what it is to be a, a minister's wife, you know, um, you know, especially, you know, husbands, the, 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 the pastor, you know, all of the, everything that a pastor um, has to do, you know, he has a lot, he has the whole church on his shoulders, basically, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes, you know, they, uh, pastors have to go to meetings, they have to travel, um, they have to network with other ministers. And that takes away sometimes from the family, from the, the, the partner relationship. Um, but, um, you know, pastors get pulled so many different ways. Um, but something that we have to understand, you know, whoever is, you know, the, the, the other, the other person, and you have to know your purpose. Honestly, you have to know your purpose. Um, um, this is why a wife or a husband must know their purpose to know your purpose. You must know your attributes, your abilities and how they can contribute to the ministry. Um, don't say, oh, I don't know anything. Oh, they, you know, God called you. Um, he didn't call me. No, he called all of you. He called the whole family. And in reality, you know, most, most of the wives or the husbands that have a partner who's in the forefront, you know, are actually, are actually being proactive and they are working in conjunction with their, you know, with their partner who is in ministry, um, you know, giving them advice, you know, having those extra pair of eyes, you know, seeing the things that they don't see, you know, paying attention and just giving them, you know, oh, you know what, um, some advice, you know, you, you, don't you think that maybe if you do this or you do that, you know, and help them balance their time too, 
you know, because sometimes, you know, a, a lot of people that are in ministry, they kind of get caught up, caught up in the ministry and their time is, you know, is, is being taken up. Most of their time is being taken up. And I know for, for, you know, my personal experience, you know, I had to like give my husband's, you know, a little bit of, you know, um, tips on, you know, hey, <laughs> if we're out together and we're out as a family, then you know that the phone and your calls, the phone calls, you know, leave them for later, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to have a balance. You have to, you have to be able to balance everything. You know, I know ministry takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, a lot of effort. And all of those things, you know, to build a ministry, you know, it takes time and effort and dedication. Uh, But you cannot forget that you have, you know, you have a partner that you have to give time to. You have children that you have to, you know, give time to. And as long as you know how to balance everything, then um, you'll be able to have a productive ministry, a blessed ministry. Um, And I just want to say that sometimes I see um, ministries that the the person never has like that, 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 that person with, with them, like the, the wife or the mm-hmm. children, they're always alone. And, and, and I know that, you know, if for some ministries like evangelists, the, the, the wife or the husband or the kids can't always be with them, but sometimes, you know, it's because, uh, you know, the ministry has taken up so much time that sometimes the wife or the husband or the children, they're like, you know what? Um, we're burnt out because the only thing we do is ministry, ministry, and we don't do anything else. And that was something that early on in um, our ministry, I spoke to my husband about, you know, even before we even got into ministry, that was one of my biggest concerns because we already had children. We had, we had, um, uh, our children were uh, 10 uh, nine and 11. Uh, but I understood that that was a really crucial age for them. And that me as a mother, I had to know that, you know, I had to also provide them, you know, what they needed. And I couldn't submerge myself either into ministry, um, in the same way that my husband was going to submerge himself being a pastor. So I understood, you know, my purpose. I understood where I stood in the ministry, but I was always there supporting him, giving him, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, the pet on the back, um, giving him advice, uh, but knowing that, you know what, always remember that, you know, God first, but you have a family. Family is number two. Uh, you know, church, you know, our church members, we love them. But, you know, if they have a need and if in that moment that they call you, 
you can't reach out to them, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. You can, you know, you can call them later on, but establish boundaries. That's another thing in ministry. Some people do not know how to establish boundaries and then they get caught up. And then when you, you know, when you establish a, a way of doing things, then people are, are going to continue, you know, to, you know, expect you to do them that way. But if you establish, you know, okay, this is how I'm going to work these things. And when I'm able to get back to you, I'll get back to you. But it's so important, you know, that um, we understand that in ministry, we, we, are, we are a team. We are a team. And if we maintain, you know, that focus that, you know, we're going to work together to, to do God's will, because that's what we're doing. We're doing God's will. Um, when God calls you, it's because he knows you can do it. You know, God is not going to call somebody that, uh, that like in a week or a month or in a year, they're going to be like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm out. You know, I'm not built for this. You know, sometimes you have to have tough skin. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and but but you have to have tough skin. And I was talking to my husband about this the other day, but maintain a heart that is not hard. You have to yes. continue to love people. You have to continue, you know, to uh to be that person that someone you know is willing to come to you to ask for advice and to see you as a role model. And, um, you know, those are things that we strive to do each and every day in ministry. Uh, but again, you know, um, when women feel or men feel that, 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 you know, that they don't have, they don't have a, a, a place in ministry, then that's something that you have to, you know, talk to your partner about, you know, that's something that you have to sit down and even meditate and think, listen, you know, um, what can I do? How can I help? How can I be part of this ministry to make it grow? And for us to work, you know, in unison and for, you know, this ministry to have, you know, uh, the purpose for which God, you know, put it in our hands. Yes. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I see Vela's over there. Like, hold up, I gotta say something. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Just, just to piggyback on 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 Sister uh, Marissa. Uh, when it comes to our identity in in ministry, you and I believe she she alluded to it that you have to know what's your calling and what is your purpose and what is your limit, right? It doesn't diminish you. It doesn't say that one is more significant than other, than the other. For example, uh, Samuel became the first prophet, right? Um, well, technically not. First prophet is, is God, but we, we won't get into that. Um, but, but Samuel went and straightened out Eli's house went and established Saul, and after Saul went and established David, and you know David, you know, what uh, everything he did. But it all started by a little woman named Anna who knew mm-hmm. how to pray. Wow. Right? She didn't compare, you know, I'm praying and I'm giving birth to this Samuel who's going to give birth 
to, to the first kings and establish David and David is going to come, you know, come Jesus. All I'm going to do is pray for this thing that I have in my spirit. And we have to understand that, that, that when we are in ministry, we have a, a, a purpose, but we're not in competition with our, with our, with our partner, right? Listen, David said, I desire to build a house for God. God says, good deal. I didn't tell you to do it, right? I didn't ask you to do it, but it's a good thing. But you're not going to build it. Your son is going to build it. He provided for his son to build, right? He knew his place, even though the desire is there. So in ministry, uh, there are people that 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 lose lose their identity because they don't know who they are. They don't know they don't know their purpose. They don't know what they're what they're called for. And 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 I don't want to get into this because you have people in ministry married and in partnership and competing against each other. Yes, and that, I've seen it. Yes, and you and and that comes out to I don't I don't want to mess around. I got a doctor listening listening to me. Right? So but, <laughs> you have to know your purpose. And believe me, once you know your purpose, you are content just to pray for Samuel and pray for David and pray for that house to be built. That's wow. What I Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. But let me ask you a question. Dorilis, what do you do? Uh, let's just say, for instance, you know, before this conversation, perhaps there's a young couple out there and perhaps they feel like it's too late. I, I you know, he or she is the minister and, you know, they're, they're going through this whole, you know, ministry. They don't know what to do. Nobody knows them. They feel useless. They feel like they have lost their identity. When you lose your identity, you're losing your hope. You're, you're losing your self-confidence. So how can you gain that back? Not to get head to head and compete, but to understand the compromise and that the calling is for the household. So how, how do we gain back our identity? The first thing is stop trying to get your identity from someone else. Ooh. Connect to God. Stop trying to connect to people. I know we're social and I know God created us to be social with each other, but that does not mean we have a license to grab onto that person and say, okay, now you're the person that is going to lead me to getting my identity and leaving God aside. Stop connecting to people, connect to God, connect to the word of God. And the word of God is going to give you exactly what your identity should be in Christ, which is his image. Now, if we want to define really, really quickly, identity is the qualities, beliefs, personality, and expressions that makes a person different from others. We are all different. We all have different blessings, different gifts, different abilities. And the, the sooner we understand that we are unique and that God gave each one of us something to engage with each other, not to compete with each other then we will truly know my identity is unique to me because God gave it to me, okay? So after we connect and we depend on the word of God as the first thing to lead us to true identity, the second thing is surround yourself with healthy people. But now what does a healthy person look like? 
okay? Wow. Because we say it a lot, oh, let's connect to the correct person, to the healthy person. But do we really know what a healthy person should look like, should sound like? You know what? I'm just going to give you two or three things. First of all, a healthy person is a person that is secure, that they are not trying to be on top. They are not trying to step on other people to be on top, to be recognized. You know what? Let me push Dory Lee aside because I want to be on the top and I want to make sure that when I get there, la doctora llegó. Who cares? You know, we are here to serve. And if we believe that by serving means stepping on someone else, we are wow. in the wrong business. Wow. Now, second, after we look for someone that's secure, meaning that they are not afraid of what others think, but they are more um, focused on what God thinks of them, okay? Then the second thing is we accept our humanity. We are humans. We have flaws. We have great things within us. We have emotions. We have a personality. We might be a little bit, a little bit more aggressive. We might be a little bit more impulsive or we lay back. But that does not mean that we cannot accept that, you know what, I messed up. A person that's healthy is able to say, you know what, I messed up. If you find someone that always thinks they're right, run. <laughs> run and escape for your life because that person is not healthy, no matter what they want to say. Third, we do not blame others. When you're healthy and when someone else is healthy, they are accountable and responsible. Okay? They take responsibility. We tame our mind. The person tames our, the mind and the mouth and the thought. When you start hearing people talking craziness, you know they're not healthy. And it's funny because we hear it so much that our ear starts getting accustomed to yeah. unhealthiness as healthy. So we have to pull back and start listening to the Holy Spirit and stop listening to people and people just saying whatever comes to their mind, being unhealthy, okay? And the last thing is, if a person is healthy, they want others to grow. They do not only, yeah. only, only look at themselves as the person, oh, I want to grow for me. I want to have a ministry. Oh, I want to have this and that and that. You know what? I want the person next to me, either my husband, my boyfriend, my kids, the person that sits with me in church that has no clue what they're doing there, but they get there on Sundays and they clap and sing a song and have no clue what's happening. We have to push them to growth and we have to make sure that's done through the Holy Spirit and through the word of God. Wow, this is this is getting somebody said we're just beginning right now. So make sure you guys are sharing this conversation. And I also read on the comments, not culture identity, but spiritual identity. And we were just talking about that at the beginning. It's very, very dangerous to involve culture with your relationship because then we become waves that come and go and that is not stability so make sure you are mature first of all before you get married you have to be mature enough to not only comprehend what a relationship is but how it functions and the ups and downs that will bring but listen we have all the women out here in the comments but I, we all want to know we all want to know Veles. then this is this is for you what should women know about men? We're ready. Everybody take your notes out. What should we know about men? 
See, I knew I knew it was I knew there was a setup somewhere. Because <laughs> you know, no matter where I look at, I'm gonna have men that are angry and women that are saying, no, that's not it, and blah blah blah. And so I'm 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 all by myself. I'm out there without no lifeguard. Um one thing, there's a couple of things I could say. I would say that women need to know that men. We, we're masculine, we're tough, we're strong. We are not as uh, emotionally strong as the women are. Um, women have gone through stuff that will probably devastate uh, a man, right? I've, 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 I've had the experience of, of, of dealing with families where uh, there was, uh, you know, Bad things happen, and uh, it was it was it was the woman who was able to hold everything together, right? Uh, hold the family together, hold her composure, maintain you know, her sanity. Uh, not so not so much uh, when it came to to the men. Uh, we we tend to break easily when it comes to those uh, emotional uh, things. Uh, we love, you know, we love to have or to be the attention of our family. There's nothing, there's nothing, I've heard men over and over, even this morning, Dr. Tony Evans, I don't know if you ever heard, yes. Evans, but he's a powerful man. And he was talking about how, you know, one of, one of the best thing for uh, coming home after a long day, was his kids running to the door to to come greet him, you know, and and the way they used to greet him as they, you know, grown up to those teenage years and stuff, he 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 began to miss that. He says, "Man, I couldn't I couldn't deal with that. It, it wasn't it wasn't there no more." And that and and I would talk to my wife. His his wife recently went to be with the Lord, but he said that he used to talk to his wife. You know, what's wrong with you? Don't you miss don't don't you miss these kids? You know, she said, hey, man, it was time for them to leave. They had to go. <laughs> but he said he had a hard time. He said he said that he 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 told her, you crazy. You have no heart. But it's just that she was stronger than, than he is. We love that attention. We love we love to be needed, to be wanted that, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, be the hero, you know, uh, uh uh, that's that's you know we don't have we don't have too long to tell you everything and and I don't want to get my brothers in trouble but <laughs> those are the two major things that 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 I could say to today that women need to know that 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 men you know we 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 are weak we hate to admit it but we are weak you know in in certain things our our emotions are not as tough as 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 uh, as the women. I'm gonna tell you right now, if if the men were responsible for giving birth, there will be no children. There will be <laughs> no children. Absolutely not. And 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 maybe one, but there won't be two. There won't be three. Won't be they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it, right? Because we we don't tolerate that type of pain. But but a woman does. So you know, uh, you know that's why we 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 love them. We honor them. You know, and, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that.
I love it. I love it. And we have another guy in the house, our psychologist, Pastor Jose Fontanes. And he says, we, meaning men and women, are both broken. Understanding this will help adjust expectations. So make sure you write that down in your notes. That is very clever, very important. And that's also an idea of how to succeed in their relationship. But listen, I'm pretty sure that uh, Velez has a question here for the women at the table. Sure. Let me ask both you uh, ladies, uh, Sister Maritza and and, and Dr. Dorelli. I've shared a little bit uh, about what women should know about men. Tell me what men, tell us, tell us and all the brothers right now who are, who are, they're listening, they're listening. They're just not admitting that they're listening. They're not putting no <laughs> comments. They're not, they're not, they don't want to let nobody know that they're there. But tell us what we need to know about women. Dori Lee, you could go first. Um, I wrote three things down. First of all, that we engage through communication. I know, guys, you don't like to talk. You don't like to listen too much. You like to just resolve and move on. We like to chat. We like to chat and give details. We want to give the color, what happened, what was the smell like, what we remind, what that situation reminded us of. You know, we want to share everything. And we have, like the, the psychologist said, the, the, more, the more we learn about each other and we understand each other, the better the relationship is. So if a guy understands that girls, we like to talk, and if we women understand that guys do not like to share, we have to be in a balance. Mm. Don't talk for 30 minutes if the guy is going to listen to two minutes. Talk for a minute and let them, you know, kind of get into the mood and then say, you know what, puppy, I'll talk to you in a couple more minutes. I'm going to let you kind of, you know, stumble into what I'm trying to yeah. tell you. Give them a chance. Give the men a chance. So, guys. Give women a chance. We like guys. To stop thinking. Stop thinking about Boston and Yankees. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny because that that is so on the point. Because I've I've had conversation with my wife, and and I'll tell her one thing, and she'll ask questions. She'll have a question for, and I say, oh, I don't know about that. I just know this, and 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 then she'll just have more questions than the question. And I'm looking at her. You're asking me questions. I don't know. I, listen, let's just you know. And and certainly you 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 hit it you hit it right on the nail. We like to we we don't we like to problem solve. Women like to sit and analyze the problem. We want to resolve it and move on. Absolutely. <laughs> Second, we are emotional driven. Our feelings, our emotions drive us, and once a month it drives us even more. So guys, husband, boyfriend. We have to, uh, even the children, understand that we are driven by our emotions. And once in a blue moon during the month, we are in such a state that you want to push us away. You want to kind of throw us over the bridge. You know what? Give us a chance. We'll come back <laughs> after those couple of days. We'll be back we'll with come you. Back. <laughs> we'll be back. We promise. We'll be back. <laughs> sane. As, as sane as possible. Number three, we value trust. We value trust and we value companionship. Even if it's just sitting there quiet, which we're not going to be quiet, but even if that's the case, we value that closeness. And number four, we expect to be respected 
And in the degree that we are respected, we respect. And we have a lot of issues with couples because of that. Because the gentleman says, you know what? This woman does not respect me. But then when we ask the woman, she says, I do not respect him because he does not value me. So it, it's very important to know those two concepts and to try to work with them. And at the end of the day, what men should know about women, that we are and were created in God's image. And you do not have the power or the, the, the need yes. to change us. We are who God created us to be. If you understand us a little bit and love us how we are, I know for sure that we will continue to love you men the way you are. Wow. Speaking about the potter's house, huh? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. There's scene. only one designer. Amen to that. Marita, you, you, would you like to add? Wow, you know that we 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 can we can say a lot about what um you know what men should know about women, um but I you know the the doctor you know she she spelled it out uh beautifully, and you know what this is what I wrote down I put women are a force to be reckoned with yeah you know, we are you know we are driven. We are driven, and when we put our mind to do something, we do it. You know, we're capable, we're strong, we're intelligent beings with a lot to offer. And, um, you know, society has always put us to the side. But you know what? Throughout history, we women have always risen to the top. We've risen to the top and we've shown, you know, um, what we're capable of. And, um, you know, God bless, you know, all the all the women who each and every day they work and they strive, you know, to do their best and to um, and to, you know, just um, push their, their 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 family forward and give them everything that 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 they are capable of giving them. And another thing that that I think men should know about us that um, they don't have to treat us, you know, so fragile. You know, we're not gonna break. <laughs> yeah, we like the love, and we like, you know, um, to be, you know, pampered or whatever. But you know, we're not fragile. Just like um, Pastor Pastor Vela says, you know, uh, hey, you know, women are strong. You know, we have to go through a lot. And we, even after, you know, we're done with, with, with um, having children, raising children, then, you know, all these different stages just keep, you know, <laughs> coming up. Like the next one, it doesn't stop. It's like next, what's coming next, what's coming next, you know. We women, I think we, we go through more physically <laughs> than men do. And, um Another thing, um, you know, the, and men have to understand that that we're a valuable support system. You know that that you know we are there to give them that emotional support, to give them that you know what any any kind of support they need. We're there to give it to them. And I really liked what the doctor said. You know, <laughs> yeah, we women we do like to talk, but 
um, I think I'm the exception to the rule because I have a husband who he <laughs> he can talk all day if you let him. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him for it, you know, because I know that through, you know, all his conversations, I know that a lot of his conversations are counseling or, you know, just um, giving, you know, that that piece of advice or just saying, hey, how you doing? We miss you. So I know he's doing God's work during that time period. And but you know what? Um Men just remember, and like the doctor said, you know, we like to be listened to and you don't have to solve. Don't don't try to come in trying to solve, you know, everything. Sometimes we just need to vent, mm-hmm. you know, and I tell my husband, listen, um, I just need to vent. I don't need you to, um, you know, bring a solution to anything. All I need you is to hear me and to say, yeah, wow. Yeah, that must be tough. And and I'm hoping that he'll be sincere, <laughs> and, he's actually, and he's not just saying wow, you know, just because you know he's saying wow, but that he's actually listening. But I I know that that you know, um, the majority of our partners they do you know they do cherish us and 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 they're always there you know to give us the helping hand and support us and. Yeah, you know, uh, I I think that that each and every day, you know, we um, we we can you know give a little bit, and we we, we continue to teach <laughs> our, our our men, you know, um, you know, a little bit about ourselves. But but yeah, and 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 the same thing, you know, we have to know how men operate. Is yeah. important that we know that you know we can't be selfish. Yeah, we can get to know each other. Yeah, you know, it's all for me. You got to understand me, but we need to understand them. They go through, you know, tough and difficult times. They they have their, you know, they have their their days where they have struggles. So you know, when you're a person that you're able to see that, you know, when you're a wise woman and you're able to see that in your husband then you know you give that person um that time just to you know to 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 be in their space and when he needs you know a word from you then then you know he'll come to you but don't you know don't 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 jump on him but you know that that's all i wanted to say that you know we both have to you know understand one another and just each and every day, you know, love the person we're with. Yes. Thank you, Tanisha Melendez, on the comments. She said, they have feelings. Uh, hold on. I can't read. Okay. They have feelings just like us and go through changes even if they don't express it. So that's also very important to understand. Veles is about to dance and worship. Veles, what's going on over there in your head? <laughs> changes even if they don't express it all right listen we get we get older we get slower let's not go into that but then you're right she's absolutely right yes yes i got you i got you but it's it's true and it's a fact and this is so it it's so important that we understand that we are all humans and this is called the school of life you know, uh, we're not here because we know it all. 
we're not here because I'm looking for the perfect marriage because the doctor could tell you if you're looking for the perfect marriage, you will not find it. Next thing you know, you're on your 10th one. Okay. So do not look for the perfect marriage because it doesn't exist. Once you find that partner, uh, then that's when you get to know each other, not try to change each other, but get to know each other. That being said, Dr. Dorili, uh, how do we keep a healthy relationship? The first thing is we need to establish our companionship or our unity in God. That's a given that cannot change. We cannot substitute that for something else, for another foundation. The main foundation for a healthy relationship is God and his word, bottom line. The second thing, um, we respect each other's differences. So we always love to see the positive, the good, but we never want to see the bad and the ugly. And there was a movie a long time ago, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So we always want to kind of focus on the good. Oh, perfect. Everything is so beautiful. But when the little bad comes out or the ugly starts to come out, then we don't believe we don't have a healthy relationship anymore. Actually, no. That means that you are human and we're seeing the true, the truth of who you are. And now it's your responsibility to work as a couple, to work as a team, to make sure that you keep the healthy environment in health. We do not have to pretend, and we see that a lot, living out of appearances. We cannot be pretending to our husband, to our to the wife, to the boyfriend or to the girlfriend and believe we have a healthy relationship. If you have the need to pretend, you do not have a relationship and you do not have a healthy relationship. And number four, we use communication to build each other, not to attack each other. If that happens in your relationship, that you're actually trying to build one another through what comes out of your mouth, you are on the path and the journey of establishing and keeping a healthy relationship. Is that If that is not happening, then we have a problem and I'm a life coach and marriage counselor. Please um, reach out to us. And I'm sure that, that we could give you some type of tool in order to change that. But it's very important to to keep our uh, our head straight, and that's something that a lot of people are lacking today. I I, I love it, Dorili, and thank you so much. Uh, listen, you heard it from her, and we also want to share the information. If you are looking for a life coach for your person, for your spouse, for your family, please hit us up at eight five five nine seven eight six five. Five one. We will connect you with La Doctora Dorili. And listen, she will be more than happy to help you have a healthier relationship with your partner because we are here to grow and not to fail. So thank you, Dorili, so much for that word and that advice. Please hit us up at 855-978-6551 and we will give you her contact information. So do not miss out on that. Vélez, Esquilín, Colón, thank you so much for being with us here tonight. I'm pretty sure the people that are listening have enjoyed the conversation just like I have. And if you are a, sp a Spanish speaker, we want to invite you to come back next Wednesday. We are going to have a great program. The topic is El Yo, 
vamos a estar hablando de lo que es el ego. The topic for next week, el yo. So you cannot miss that out. We are going to be speaking with Pastor uh, Jose Galarza, and we are also going to be speaking with Licenciada Nadeshka Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. So make sure after the program, you go to our events and make sure you hit like so you could get that notification and you could see us back here on Wednesday. Like I said, call us at 855-978-6551 and do not forget to subscribe to our Spotify channel. So may you have a good night. May the Lord bless your spouse, your relationship, and those goals that perhaps you have for the future. So you have a blessed night. And from here at my ministry, have an awesome and healthy life. Have a good night, y'all.